Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on Transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for t- videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we'd love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now, for our podcast teaching. Welcome to the Transform 365 podcast. I'm Pastor Cody and my co-host, Pastor John. Today we are talking trials, struggles, and pain. It's kind of inevitable in life Mm -hmm. that you are going to go through pain of some sort, right? Emotional, physical, mental, whatever it might be, we are going to um, experience some sort of suffering. That's right. And so today I think that it's important that we take a look at that, especially with the different events that are going on today, um, you know, with... with, just human struggle, yeah. right? There's, you know, just as Scripture tells us, and we're not going to get into the the end times type of <laughs> topics, but <laughs> we just might as, never end. <laughs> yeah, but just as Scripture tells us that there is, you know, the birth pangs. There's the wars and rumors of wars, and there's going to be the great earthquakes and uh, natural disasters. Today we see that, right? Poor right. um, people in the Ukraine, they are being. Um, targeted for attack and, and slaughter by Russia. Um, so there's a lot of, of pain in the world today. But then there's cancer and there's you know hurricanes and tornadoes yep. and different types of things of that nature that isn't just man-made. So today I think it's important that we talk about the, the what, the who, and the how. You know, what is the source of this? Who's responsible or who's 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 going to be affected by this? Is it just the good, the bad, the ugly, you know? And then... Um, how? Those are good questions, Pastor Cody. I just, um, I think the first place to start is, um, you know, because when trials and tribulations come and sufferings and, you know, sicknesses, like many people, they love to say God is the one who sent these things to yeah. to us, you know. They blame God. Or, or the most common thing, and you know from doing counseling and going visit people, uh, the confusion sets in what sin or what did I do that right. God is, you know, causing this? Yeah, that's right. So I think that should be the first, um, the first stop. The first, yeah, the first um, stop that we tackle here because um, we we just want to make it clear that, you know, when when sufferings happen in the world or when sickness comes, God is not the one who's sending these things to the to the to the person who is experiencing these things. So, like you said, the what's happening in Ukraine, you know, God is not. Um, is the, God is not the initiator of what's happening there. He's allowing it to happen, obviously, because He's God. He's sovereign. So um, I want to point that out, right? You know, right from the get-go, because James tells us in chapter one, and I'm going to read 13 and 15. It says um, in James chapter one, verses 13 and 15, when tempted, no one should say, "God is tempting me," for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. 
What do you think about those passages, brother? 13, 14, 15 of James. Yeah, I think that's a clear-cut answer to, is God the cause of this problem? Mm -hmm. I think the problem that we have, and this can be a podcast for another time, but is we have a sin problem, right? That's right. Um, We're all affected by sin, and we are all sinners. Um, Now, some of us are just uh, a little bit more blessed than others that we're sinners saved by grace, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so we have that eternal security in Christ Jesus through the grace of God. But, you know, it still is a a problem. You know, a lot of times people face uh, hardship and they say, you know... um, What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And then this passage just simply states, God doesn't do that. That's right. And God doesn't work in that way. You know, he's not punishing you for some great evil that you have done. Right. This is something that... uh, If he did, we would all be gone. (laughs) I don't think no one would be uh, here in the world, but... And you hit something on um, earlier before that verse where you said the sovereignty of God. Yeah. And um, I think that's also another thing where just because people have a misunderstanding of the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. a lot of the times they and they believe it's a, it's a false theology. Right. It's a false understanding. They believe that God ordains everything to happen in our life. That God, because he's sovereign, is the one responsible for you know my dog getting ran over yeah um my grandma getting sick mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. my kids getting the chicken pox mm-hmm. me not being able to pay my bills you know um they assume that god is responsible for that if he is the sovereign god but sovereignty just means that you are the 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 head right you are the monarch you're the you know in this is a setup of the theocracy god is the king of all kings but he's also god of all gods that's right and I think you see that clearly in like Daniel chapter 10, where, you know, here Daniel prays and it says that uh, Gabriel, when he finally came to him, you know, he fell asleep and things of that nature. And, and then Gabriel suddenly appears later on, mm-hmm. right? He, yeah. he shows up in the text later on. He's like, hey, Daniel, man, uh, God wanted you to hear the answer right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sent me right away. I was to be here really quick. Right. But... And there's a big but there, right? Um, And he says, but the prince of Persia, Mm. he thwarted me. Mm -hmm. And I had to combat him for three days. Yep. Until Michael the archangel could come. Right. And so here we see that even in this theocracy or this sovereignty of God, that there is... Number one, the responsibility of the angelic beings Mm -hmm. to do their part. But then Satan also tries to thwart, or the, as Paul puts it, the principalities in this world, the powers of darkness Mm -hmm. in this world. They try to thwart what God has commanded them to do as well. Right. So I think that's something also we need to take into consideration in this. What God wants to do for good um, is being attacked and uh, being thwarted, and, and they don't want that good to take place in our life. That's so right. That's another aspect of this. So God allows the trials to happen. God allows sufferings to happen. And you probably ask the big question is why? Yeah, yeah. But but again, he's not the initiator. Right? Exactly, he's and not the initiator. That's the key thing. So yeah, why 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 does that take place? You know. I believe strongly, Brother Cody, that sometimes God allows trials or troubles to come into our lives, to come into 
a situation in a country, in, uh, in a situation at home, you know, a situation in your personal life. I believe God allows those troubles and trials to happen is to get you focused back, your focus to come back to Him. Yeah. And, and I think the one, you know, when we went through COVID, through the pandemic, you know, there so I've plenty of testimonies that I could just just talk about during this podcast. Strengthens your prayer life. No, that you people know, you, people you came come back closer. Yeah, in your, in your reading of the word, and yeah, worship. Your, it becomes so meaningful. You know. Um, so I'm not saying that God caused COVID to happen, but He allowed it to happen. Again, yeah, going back yeah. to that. So there's testimonies of people coming back to the Lord, backslidden Christians that have come back. Because of a situation like this, yeah, um, it, it was uh, C.S. Lewis. You know, he said that pain is the megaphone mm. to rouse a deaf world. Wow! And really, that's saying that you know sometimes God permits pain within our life. Yep. To wake us up. Yep. To the fact that He is in our life. Yes. And I think that's key. I strongly believe that. Yeah. And and so, again, kind of going back to the thoughts on James chapter 1, um, verse 13, God doesn't tempt, mm-hmm. and he's tempted by no one, and he tempts no one. That's right. So then we need to ask ourselves, where does that temptation mm. come from? Yeah. And I think James answers that question, <laughs> if you keep on reading. In 15, it says, then after this, I'm reading out of the new um, NIV here. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full blown, gives birth to death. And I think um, our desires, and I'm going to say, just speaking of myself, majority of my desires could be selfish. Yeah, selfish. Sinful, yeah. 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 And that's what brings the yeah. trouble. I, I, I think that before we go and point, our finger at the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to realize that there is a big accountability issue in sin yes. and temptation. Yep. And it's the fact that we don't want to take the blame ourselves. It's kind of like you know Adam in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he points to Eve, and then Eve points to the snake, and the snake turns around and is kind of like, "Oh man." You know, um, there's no one left to blame here. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're running out of people to blame. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we easily blame Satan. And I'm not saying he doesn't have a part in our our failures in life. Of course, yep. Um, but I think sometimes we are um, easily entangled, as the writer of Hebrews puts it. Yes, right? yes. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, I do a lot of counseling with guys, you know, and there's a huge problem nowadays, as, as you're well aware, of pornography, you know, um, good Christian people yep. struggling with this, you know, sin, this temptation. Right. And so um, a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know, Satan's just he's tempting me and I'll I'll stop them and I'll say, well, did this just pop up on your screen? Mm. Right. Were you writing an email and this happened Mm -hmm. or did an ad pop up or did you get sent dirty pictures or something that made you fall? Yeah. Or was it you searching for it? That's right. And the thing is we have to differentiate the difference between a temptation and seeking out fleshly pleasure. Yes. 
And the Bible does talk about that. You know, we're fighting a war in multiple fronts. Mm -hmm. One of them is our flesh. That's right. And that's what Galatians chapter 5 tells us, that, you know, the more we strengthen our spirit, Mm. the less we will carry out the desire of the flesh. That's right. Now, he uses the single, right, in that. And Mm -hmm. he says desire rather than desires. Mm -hmm. And it's because the the flesh just wants to please itself. Right. And so when you go after sin without being tempted, it's because your flesh has overcome your spirit. And you're, you're feeding the desire of let me go after my sinful nature. Let me go after, you know, gluttony. Let yep. me go after sexual desire. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, you're not talking about sex being bad, but it's talking about, you know, in the parameters God has created beyond the, the marriage bed, right? Yep. So that's really part of the crux here. That's right. So James is saying, hey, look, you're not being tempted by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the temptation you're struggling with is actually the temptation that's coming from your own flesh. That's right. So we have a flesh issue, mm-hmm. right? And so how do we combat that? Galatians yeah. chapter 5. Yeah. Galatians chapter 5. Let's well, just go there because well, it's always good to just go right to the source, right? Walk in the Spirit, I think. Is that what you were yeah. doing? Yeah. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Mm-hmm. For the desires of the flesh sets itself against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these two are in opposition to one another, mm. so you might not do the things that you please. Now, I haven't gotten there yet, so <laughs> give me a second. Galatians 5, is that where you're going? Yeah, Galatians 5. All right. So, I see it. Okay. You know, it it's the idea that and this is verse 16, 17, and really just 16 to 25, I think is really the crux of it. Is that if we are growing the Holy Spirit's power in our life, cuz you can't grow the Holy Spirit, right? right. Cuz he's God in spirit. Mm-hmm. And so there's no growing him. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> he's beyond he's already grown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So this is just growing his influence in our life is really what Paul is talking about. Right. When you walk in the spirit, Amos 3.3 says two cannot walk together unless they're in agreement. So are you in agreement with what the Holy Spirit's saying and Mm -hmm. putting in your heart? And if you are in agreement, you're going to obey it and you're going to live it. You're going to, you know, try to grow it. You're going to grow in those areas. And And the key, key, Pastor Cody, is that you you need to, I know you're going to read the the passage here, but... um, you need to do this consistently. Yeah, exactly. You can't you just might, one you, time. Exactly. You might think, okay, I'm, or maybe a week. Let's say you do it for a week. Oh, I'm strong now. No, there's. it needs to be a lifelong, yeah, this is consistent a, walk with the Spirit. This this idea of walk here, it's a present tense. That's right. And so it's your presently walk-ing yep. in the Spirit, right? It's not a one-time thing mm-hmm. where you trusted Christ, you received the Holy Spirit. Right. We know we received the Holy Spirit when we trust Christ, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. No, yeah. it's, it's a continual growth, right. you know. Um, it, you know, there's a misnomer out there that you know um, people that believe in grace or free grace, right. that we don't believe in the Lordship of Christ, right? But that's not true because this is coming under the lordship of Christ. That's right? right. You're saying, Master, I, I mess up on my own, so mm-hmm. I'm going to submit myself, therefore, to you. Mm-hmm. Because if I do this myself, I'm going to live fleshly. For sure. And I'm just going to make things harder on myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to suffer consequences beyond what I want to suffer. Now, 
we suffer consequences in sin. And just because we go to the, the Lord in prayer and we say, Lord, um, you know, I really messed up here. Yeah. That doesn't mean like, a, you know, any good parent, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it's like you're, if your kid robs a bank, you're not going to, yes, you want to see leniency on your child. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be like, hey, listen, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk to the judge and we're yeah. going to make sure this all goes away. No fines, no <laughs> community service, no nothing. And, you know, you're not even going to be grounded because I love you. No, you're going to, you. there's an expectation of a consequence, That's you know, right. and you're going to ask for leniency. Hey, don't throw him in prison. He's never done anything that bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he should do community service he should pay a fine he should have to go and you know work at that restaurant or whatever it may have been that he was trying to dip out of he should work (laughs) there for free for the next summer you know yeah whatever it might be you're going to expect that because there's consequences always associated with our failures for sure always so again now we i think we touched on the one side right which Mm -hmm. is the flesh Mm mm-hmm but there's always another side too, mm. because there is the combat side. You know, mm-hmm. um, the Bible says that we are a people at war, not with this world, right? Paul and Peter really tell us that, right? Um, that there, there's not a war waging on us that is earthly. Mm-hmm. This is beyond the scope and realm of. Me and you physical. That's right. But it affects me and you physical. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the uh, uh, you know, powers that be, mm-hmm. you know. Let's just go to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. And um, I think that's, you know, where we really just see this played out, lived out in Paul's words, right? 6? Yeah. And so in um, Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, Mm -hmm. but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness Mm -hmm. in, what does it say? In my verse is heavenly realms. Yeah, yeah, mine, NASB, heavenly Mm -hmm. places. Yep. So this is not something that we can see. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like that story of Elisha in the Old Testament where his, you know, he's he's been letting the king know, you know, where the uh, nation is going to be attacked. Right. And so they decide instead of trying to attack the, the city or the king, mm-hmm. let's go and attack the prophet, right? And mm-hmm. they surround his little city, they surround his little town, and his slave is freaking out. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, we got to pack, we got to get out of here, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. And then he prays and he says, Lord, let him see what I see. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he does that, the servant's eyes are opened, and he sees the Lord's chariots and angels surrounding mm-hmm. the city. Mm-hmm. So if that army tries to attack Mm -hmm. the lord's his defender that's right and that's really what's taking place is there's that unseen that's taking place spiritual warfare constantly yes just at battle on our behalf and against us as well so we're to blame that's right the heavenlies are to blame yep um god's not to blame not to blame so we've talked a little bit about the how of our fleshly side to combat that. Mm-hmm. 
How do we combat Satan in his attacks in our life? Well, the Bible gives us the answers. Put on the full the, armor of the God. The full armor of God. Same, same in Ephesians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and it really just is his heavenly armor yeah. that is on lend to us. And if you read it, it's just so beautiful. The gospel of salvation. Mm. The shield of faith. Yep. Right? And not our own faith. Because if it was our own faith, our, our faith is weak, right? We, we kind of stand with paper faith, you know? <laughs> That's why Jesus, so many times, he would say to his followers, you know, these men that had seen the miracles happen before them. Right. You have little faith. That's right. right. Um, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. So yeah. it's not our own personal faith that ebbs and flows. This is faith that is the all-encompassing of Scripture. Amen to that. Right? I love the sword of the Spirit. This is what we believe. Yeah. The sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. So, Man, amazing. So, what what kind of attacks can we expect from Satan then? Because you know, um, if if we go back to Ephesians chapter six, mm-hmm. right? Let me go ahead and get there. If we go back to Ephesians chapter six, um, it tells us that there are schemes of the devil. That's right. Right. Verse eleven. It says, "Put on the full armor of God," because you just said we should. We should armor ourselves mm-hmm. with God's heavenly armor, mm-hmm. and that's how we defend ourselves against Satan, right? We've already talked about defending ourselves against our flesh, right? Right, the desire of the flesh. And that's by walking in the spirit. Is walking in the spirit, growing your spiritual, uh, you know, understanding of of the an influence of the Holy Spirit in our life, right? Um, and it says in verse eleven, but put on the full armor of God, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Mm. So, what are those schemes? Mm. Hey, can you think of any, John? Oh man, <laughs> I could go on and on and on. We we we've mentioned a couple of them already. Yeah, some, some of the schemes. You know, when it comes to our personal lives, you know, the devil's. Again, you know, I do want to touch on one point before we, because I don't want to lose. The, um, I've been. I was just the Lord gave me this thought right now that, you know, there's Christians that think, um, because nothing's happening to them, because their life is going well. Yeah. That they're not suffering. They're not, you know, no trials and tribulations are, are are happening to them now. But Christ tells us that all Christians will suffer. Yeah, yeah. You might not be suffering yeah, now. Not just, not just Christians. Yeah. Now, w- Christians are promised suffering, yep. really. If anything, <laughs> you know, we're told we are going to suffer. But if you look at Matthew 5.45... Jesus says, hey, listen, God causes the sun mm. to shine down on the good and the bad, yep. right? And now the sun was always associated with goodness, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, and he causes it to rain on the good and the bad. That's well. right, yep. And so, like, bad things happen to good people and to bad people. Right. But when it comes to, like, um, so that's like natural disasters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, flus, influenza, Yeah. COVID. Yeah. I remember when the, the you know, earthquake in Haiti a couple years earthquakes, ago. Earthquakes. Yeah. Those things happen to good and bad people. But then it, he goes on be, beyond that and he's, you know, in the Beatitudes and he says what? Blessed are those who are persecuted. Yeah. Blessed are those who, who are hated on my behalf. Mm-hmm. So we're not promised a perfection no. here on earth, right? I, I want to read John 16, 33. Because yeah, this, this, is, this is, obviously he's talking to... Um, to believers here, Christ, and in 33 says, I have told you these things 
so that in me you may have peace. Now here it is. In this world, you will have trouble. I'm curious how it reads in the in your in your American. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's John 16:33. Yeah. So Christ is telling the believer, you might not be suffering now, but it's going to come. But take heart. Trust in him. He has overcome the world. That means that he, the trouble that's going to be happening to you, the suffering, the trial, Christ is going to be with you in this time. So. Yeah. So take heart of that. What yeah, um, in in uh, the NASB it says tribulation. Mm. So you will have tribulation. Wow. Um, and tribulation doesn't always mean end times tribulation. Right. And, you know, we we suffer tribulations here. I love you know um, what Ryrie says in in his um, commentary. Uh-huh. The handy dandy Ryrie ah. commentary, as Rev uh, Sellers used to say. Right. Um, he says there's three aspects of tribulation yep one the general trials mm. that come be simply because we live in a sinful world right it's with reference romans 8 35 to 36 mm-hmm. afflictions number two afflictions that god allows to come into our life second mm-hmm. corinthians 12 7 right as we just said right. god allows you know um trials and tribulations and it's not god causing them though. right and number three chastisement that comes more directly right hebrews 12 6 right um and romans 8 37 first john 5 4 so you know there's those three different aspects that yeah god disciplines those he loves yeah that's what hebrews says you know um and we we kind of but but i think we need to clear that up because people are going to say oh oh he's going to punish me then yeah, we didn't say punish. We said what do we say? Discipline. Yeah. That's what Hebrews yeah. says. Yeah. So just like a parent disciplines his child when they the, when the child does something wrong, God is our heavenly Father. Yeah, that chancleta comes out very. <laughs> <strong, right? laughs> God is our heavenly Father, and He will discipline us because He He does, he does it because He loves us. Yeah, just like you yeah. love your children, you love yeah. I love my children. If they do something wrong, I'm gonna discipline them. Yeah, out of love. Exactly. So it's not. Sending an earthquake to kill thousands of people. Yeah, it's not sending a virus to kill thousands of people. Yeah, obviously we got we got to mention again. He allows those things to happen, but he's not sending them to to you know as the initiator of, of these problems of these trials. He, okay, so he, he just wants to he wants us he wants to catch our attention. Uh, yeah, well, it, it, ultimately we we can't see Focus the, the, the the final. In any of those things, yeah, but there is a final good in those things. Oh you yeah, know? and that's what Scripture tells yeah. us in Romans chapter eight. Yeah, you know, in verse twenty-six, it says He's working things together for good. That's right. We see that in you know Jacob's life, right? The yep. thing that you meant for for bad, the Lord turned to good. Excuse me, Joseph's life. The thing that you meant for harm on me has God turned to good. You yeah, know? and it and it didn't just save him; mm-hmm. it saved two nations. Mm-hmm. So, I forgot 9-11. To, I forgot to go back to the, the, the question you asked me about the schemes. No. <laughs> so, we're going to look at that now, now right? 9-11. Yeah. Boston bombing, right? Remember the marathon oh, where the guy blew up? I remember, yeah. Columbine shooting. Sandy Hook. Um, Katrina. Mm. Uh, tsunamis. Uh, Haiti just suffered a horrible earthquake just recently. Yep. Um... The attack on Ukraine. Mm-hmm. 
um, you, you know, uh, tidal waves in the Indian Ocean. Where does that come from? Well, yep. When when somebody in our family that we care about gets sick of COVID, mm-hmm. right, and they die. Mm-hmm. We, we've we've experienced that in our own church. Um, a few years ago in Africa, there was Ebola going around, right? That's right. And Central Africa was just experiencing those those little nations there. Mm-hmm. Ebola outbreaks left and right, and people just dying. Mm-hmm. Um, AIDS, AIDS epidemic um, in in different areas of different nations. Uh, Christians being beheaded yeah. for trusting Christ. So where does that come from? You know, and I I want to go ahead and I'm going to be bold in saying this. Mm-hmm. Schemes of the devil. Yeah. Right? And Paul doesn't let us know what the schemes of the devil are. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, oh, and the schemes of the devil are, he's going to send Ebola. And, right. you know, in, in 2019, he's going to send COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no, he doesn't say any of that stuff. He just says be prepared for it. Right. Right? Um, but I think that scripture does point to some of the methods, some, I I need to say, Mm -hmm. some of the methods, some of the schemes that the devil uses. And I think the perfect example of that is the book of Job. Yeah. Because it shows Satan trying to attack, but God using it for good. Right. Right. You know, you see both aspects. He's allowing Satan. You see the allowance of God, Satan's attack because he hates man Mm -hmm. and he hates anything that God loves. And God comes and he's like, hey, look, you know, Job's amazing. I love this dude. And he's awesome. Right. Right. Uh, I don't think God says dude, but, you know, I think think you get the point. Um, And and here in the book of Job, we see that Satan hates that. Right. Mm -hmm. Satan hates the fact that Job is in God's good graces. Um, he hates the fact that Job stands righteous, you know, as opposed to everybody else. And um, he's like, okay, well, let me let me have at Job, mm. you know. And in verse 1-1, one, one, it says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Mm. Now, no one's perfect, but what it's telling us is the very nature of this guy mm-hmm. was that you know, everything in his mind was, mm. is this what God wants me to do? Mm-hmm. Right? He was blameless in the fact, um, not blameless to sin. Right. He wasn't perfect. He was, he was blameless in the fact that things that he was doing, he was doing uh, upright. Right. Right? So he wasn't trying to cheat people. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked at out for the needs of others. Mm. Um, so these are aspects of telling, like, what his life and walk was yeah. right. His home life was right. Mm-hmm. His life out in the public was right. Mm-hmm. What you saw was who you were interacting with in a day-to-day basis was mm-hmm. who you, he was at home, right? And who he was with God, right? Mm-hmm. Even in the unseen. So, mm-hmm. like, even when his kids weren't around, and even when he wasn't around his business partners or anything like that, mm-hmm. he was the same guy. That's yep. what it means that he was upright, blameless, and righteous. You know, in Timothy, that word blameless is because um, you know, there. In Timothy, the characteristics of an elder or a deacon, it says he must be above reproach. Exactly, and that's what that word is: is exactly. blameless. Exactly, exactly. So go ahead. And, and so, um, you know, 
Job, really, just bottom line, Job's a good guy. Yep. Right? He's a good guy. Feared God, yep. Shunned evil, yep. Yeah. And then in steps the devil. That's right. Right? Um, and there's a there's a movie, um, and it's uh, the, the Usual Suspects. I, I've never seen it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, don't tell me if you have or not. I don't, I don't know if so. it's a good movie or anything like that. It might be bad. <laughs> but there's this uh, line in it, and I and I love the line, so I'm going to steer it, uh-huh. steal it real quick. Um, and actually, I think it was written by somebody else, and they stole the line. But okay. It's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to persa- persuade the world that he does not exist. Wow. Why? Because then the blame always goes on God. Man, that's awesome. Right? And so, in walks the devil in verses 6. Let me add something to that before you read the the verse. Hollywood, you know, what you just said there, um, that, you know, that, that, um, what what is it that the the devil does? The greatest trick. The the greatest trick. Yeah. The greatest trick is that the devil does not exist. Well, Hollywood um, does, in my opinion, the best way of describing. Um, who, well, in a way, saying that, that you know that he's just a guy in a costume with a with a tail and a, and a pitchfork yeah. dressed in red. Yeah, that he's just some type of character. Yeah, but the Bible lets us know that he masks himself as an angel. Of light. Exactly, right. and he's a spirit. So, yeah. so Hollywood is tricking people to believe that, that the devil's like that. Yeah, which he's not. So that, I just wanted to add that of to, course, to, to yeah. that quote there. Now, um, it says uh, in verse 6, Job chapter 1, yeah. um, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Now, I like the verbiage of that because it's actually like Satan was brought among them in the original, mm-hmm. uh, in the Hebrew. And so Satan is brought among them. So here, the council of God right mm-hmm. the the angels that watch and offer protection over the the nations mm-hmm. or as paul says the principalities the mm-hmm. powers of this world mm-hmm. right um, they're giving an account to god of how things are going on earth right right now um, for future reference read like uh, michael heiser he's got a lot of great stuff on the the spiritual realm and he he uses Psalm 82 and Psalm 89 and things to explain that. But let's just step back from that. Maybe you're not in full agreement of that interpretation. Mm-hmm. We do see here that God is meeting with the heavenly host That's right. to give an account of how things are going on in on earth. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. How are things going on earth? How are the interactions taking place? And Satan is brung among them. So at least we know that Satan is a fallen angel, and at least one of those that is is in the presence of God is probably a fallen angel too, because mm-hmm. he's brought Satan along with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so God even keeps the evil forces, the demonic forces, if you will, mm-hmm. he keeps them in accountability and check to his sovereignty. He's like, what are you guys doing? I already know what you're doing. But I want you to tell me, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And it says that Satan he goes to to Satan and he's like, "Have you considered my man Joe?" Mm-hmm. Right, verse eight, and and he's just like, you know, oh well. Satan answers, "Well, it's because you've blessed everything he's done. Mm. Let me go ahead." Or actually, he he tries to tempt God. Yep. But God can't be tempted. That's we right. We see that in the book of James, as mm-hmm. you read, and he says, um, 
If you put your hand on Job, right? Mm-hmm. If you hurt Job, if you take away everything, if you curse Job, mm-hmm. if you do all these bad things, well, God says, oh, I'm not going to do that because that's against God's very nature. Mm-hmm. But what does he say? Mm-hmm. I permit. There I permit you to do it. There it is, yeah. But you cannot take his life. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is we see some of the schemes that the devil uses to go after Job, right? right. Um, it says um, in verse 12, let me just go ahead and say it. Then the Lord said to Satan, behold, all he has is in your power. Only do not pour forth your hand upon him. So Satan departed from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Verse 14, let's jump down. A messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans attack and took them. They also slew your servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone escaped to tell you. So immediately after Satan departs and God says, You can go ahead and do what you have to do, mm-hmm. right? And Job will still not curse me. Job will still love me. Satan goes out and he's working through what? Mm. We see it here people he's mm-hmm. working through nations yeah what are we seeing taking place right now between russia and ukraine mm. nation is rising up against nation that's right and that is a sure sign of satan working within people now he's not out in the forefront as you said in a pitchfork and a red suit <laughs> but where did that idea come to go ahead and attack innocent life mm. that's not a godsend right I like uh, what what you what, when you quoted Ryrie, he said that um, that um, it's, it's because we live in a sinful world. Yeah. We live in a fallen world where we see a lot of all these things happening, and um, the consequences are what we're seeing now. We're seeing evil. We're seeing yeah. death, wars, and all that stuff because of the sin that's happening, or the sin, or the or the fallen world that we live in. Yeah. So, so the Sabaeans, he attacks, he works through yep. in this instance. And in verse 16, it says, um, you know, as he's still speaking, another servant can't, comes and says, man, there is fire that came from the sky out of the heavens, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, and it destroyed all your sheep and it killed all the other servants. I'm the only one that lived to tell you. Mm-hmm. So Satan works in nature in that instance, right? Um, and, and he causes fire from heaven to rain down. That's right. Um, so he works in nature, mm-hmm. right? So tsunamis, earthquakes, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Is that God? No, Satan is able to work in the nature, right? right? Um, there's actually an account in the book of Matthew. I believe it's 4, chapter 4. Mm-hmm. It, it, um, it talks about how he's the tempter and things of that nature. Um, and uh, there's the instance where they're the the they get into the boat right, and they they go into the sea, and when they get to the middle, the ocean becomes contrary, and the waves are rocking them around, and it says that the waves begin to crash over the the board of the boat and start to pull them under, and the verbiage that's used there in the Greek is actually as if arms are pulling under right the ocean. It's it's like They've given the illustrative language mm. of being pulled. Mm. Well, waves don't really pull things. Right. So what was behind that? And what does Jesus immediately do when they wake him up? Yeah. He stands up and he rebukes. Well, Satan, God only rebukes, Jesus rebukes right. people, demonic beings, and Satan. Wow. 
And so he wasn't truly rebuking the waves. He was rebuking what was behind the force of the waves. Mm. And so that is what we see is even in this instance with Job, and we could see it carried on in the ministry of Jesus, Mm -hmm. Satan works through nature, right? Yeah. He causes natural disturbances to influence people's lives and hurt people. That's right. It continues on verse 17. He works through the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans come and they slay everybody by the edge of the sword. It says three bands of raiders take the camels and all that stuff. And and we see that in verse 18, 19, Job's family, they come together and they're meeting in their household and they're, and they're dining together, all his children. He has seven children. And, and what does it say? Mm. It says a cyclone came out of the woods and hit the four pillars of the house. Mm. And it fell on top of his children, and they died immediately. Mm. Last time I checked, um, <laughs> tornadoes aren't that well orchestrated where they hit the four pillars of the strong house. They right. just kind of go in and plow through. Right? right. But this was so orchestrated, Satan working in nature again. Wow. And so we see that Satan works in nature and in people. Yeah. But what's the last one? What did you say? The disease and pestilence. The disease and pestilence, yeah. And if we go and we jump to Job chapter 2, mm. Satan again goes before the Lord, it says in verse 7, and he's asked God to go ahead and he again tempts God. He tries to tempt God, I should say. And he's like, hey, why don't you go ahead? You know, I've done all this terrible stuff and Job still hasn't cursed you. But it's because you wouldn't let me touch Job. Right. Um, Let me put this, you know, why don't you, actually? In fact, let's just read it. Um, Verse 4 and 5. Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yes, all the man has, he will give for his life. However, put forth your hand Mm. now and Mm. touch his bone and flesh and he will curse you to your face. So Mm. Satan tells tells God, Yep. You do it. And what does God say? Okay, I permit you to do it. He's in your power, mm-hmm. but you can't kill him. Right. And then Satan goes out from the presence of God, and it says that he smote Job from the soles of his feet to the top of his head with mm-hmm. boils, to where the only comfort he could have mm-hmm. was sitting on an ash heap, taking shards of burning pots mm-hmm. because remember they would go and they would dump all their debris and they would dump their their broken pots their mm-hmm. their waste material they'd take it to where Gehenna mm-hmm. and they would burn it in the pile mm-hmm. and so Job is most likely in a place like Gehenna Gehenna isn't around at this time because mm-hmm. Job predates that right so he's out in the area of burning outside of the city mm-hmm. and he sits on the pile of the burning, you know, of the of the waste of the city. Mm-hmm. And it says that he begins to pick up the broken pots that are in that burning pile. And he begins to scrape them on the boils to try to ease the pain right. of his body. Mm. So what do we see here is that Satan attacks through people. He attacks through um, y- your finance because he takes away finance. He attacks yep. through nature yep. and he attacks through disease. Yep. And then the last thing he does, he attacks through friends because what happens is Job's friends, Job's wife, they, they all, all come up to him, him and yep. they turn on him and they're like, curse God and die, yep. right, is what his wife says. And and it's not that she hates Job. She's just like, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. 
I don't know what you've done. Everybody yeah. assumes he's done wickedness. It's that false theology that we see that today. Yeah. Where a lot of people they think that you know they see somebody suffering. Oh yeah, what did you do wrong? You yeah, know? exactly. I love what he's what what Job's um, what Job says to his wife. Yeah, <laughs> you foolish woman. <laughs> yeah, or I love what he says. Naked I came into this world, oh, but naked man. I'll leave. Right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the reference on the Matthew passage was Matthew four thirty six to forty one. It okay. wasn't Matthew four four. Uh, 436 to 41 is when they go into the boat and it begins to do it gotcha. and Jesus rebukes the waves but you know we see that so so where does that bad come from mm. right well we see it's the world it's our flesh yep it's you know and which all was brought about from the sin of the original fall of sin nature that's right we're gonna suffer hardships ups and downs ebbs and flows satan's gonna attack us the more you serve god the more a bigger uh, target the more the target becomes more visible each time the more you serve god you know um, you said something earlier you said sometimes people look at the fact that everything's going good in their life is that god's happy with them maybe the fact that everything's going good in their life is that satan doesn't have to worry about their testimony and ruining it yep right yep he doesn't have to try to thwart what they're doing for this kingdom that should that should kind of wake you up a little bit. That's a good point there, brother. That um, if you if you're not really going through anything right now and you're a believer, um, I think you need to ask yourself a question: <laughs> Am I really um, you know, in the will of God? You know, you could be a believer and be out of the will of God, right? Yeah. You you could be a believer. Am I geared up and being active in in you know trying to extend the church and, right. and preach that gospel of grace? Am I trying to? you know live out that life where satan now he has to worry about me and wants to combat me um and that's the same thing with us if if we're not going out there and sharing the gospel why is satan going to try to throw tricks our way right right because we're already being silent right you could be a believer and uh, you're not serving you're not you know you're not in the will of god you're not like you said preaching the gospel or whatever um the devil's not gonna mess with you but as soon as you start doing those things brother guess what that bull like you said that bullseye becomes bigger and bigger on your chest and you you know but then again like 1633 uh john said in 1633 that the lord is with you through your trials and tribulations so don't fear you know obviously there you are gonna be nervous you are gonna you know suffer some type of um setback but don't worry god is is there with you yeah, when and you're going through those when you're going through those tribulations, like the New American Standard says, and I think that's why Romans eight Paul, right? Paul, mm-hmm. when he's talking about the you know um, the love of God and everything, yeah. he says uh, in verse twenty eight, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him, yep. to those who are called according to His purpose. So, are you walking in His purpose? Because mm. if you are, then yeah, you will suffer hardship, but God will still work it together. For the good. Why? Because God is all about the ultimate glory. So the pain that you're experiencing, God can work together for good. Amen. Even a death, God can work together for good. It could be something that leads others to salvation. Yep. You know, that's what it says in, you know, Matthew 5, 14. It says, you are the light of the world. Mm. Um, You know, a, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp but puts it under basket. Uh, or puts it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives all light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works mm. and glorify your Father who is in heaven. What is the ultimate purpose? We want to glorify our Father in heaven in all we do. And that's why Paul ends in this way, right? 
who will separate us from the love of Christ? Mm. Romans 8, 35. Will tribulation, didn't we just talk about tribulation? That's right. Right? We're, we're experiencing tribulation in this life. Or distress, mm. or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Mm. Just as is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to the slaughter. Paul's saying, hey, look, you know what? If, if my death brings people to salvation in Jesus Christ, I face that death. Yep. For the furtherance of the gospel. I verse, think Philippians says something yeah. like that. For Verse 37, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Amen. When we stay devoted to bringing God glory, mm-hmm. we've just conquered. Amen. Yep. yep. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities. Remember what we talked about, those mm-hmm. angels and principalities coming at war against us in temptations. Right. Nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Mm-hmm. So not the flesh, not the angels of heaven, not the angels down below, not the demonic forces, not the world is ever able, let's finish the passage, to separate us from the love of God, mm. which is in Christ, Christ Jesus, Jesus our, our Lord. Lord. Yeah. Well, Amen. W- one more thing, brother. Um, I know we got to go in a little bit, but um, you, you, you brought up Job, an Old Testament um, an Old Testament figure in the Old te- in, from the Old Testament. You, know, you just mentioned Paul. Like, Paul, when he was... Before he became the Apostle Paul, he was Saul, yeah, right? He was Saul. You don't see any sufferings and trials and tribulations, but he went through the, the trials and tribulations and the sufferings as when he became... he represented Christ. Exactly. So going back to the point where yeah. when you're serving... And he lists it in, yeah. in, in the Bible. What does he say? I was shipwrecked twice. Man. I was stoned to death. Right. And God brought me back to life. Right. I was bitten by his poisonous snake. I've been chained to prison guards. I've been beaten. You know, uh, I mean, he just lists it. I mean, that doesn't sound like somebody that is, see, you know, experiencing <laughs> prosperity right. because of serving Christ. That and he was like, like Job. That yeah, same thing that exactly. Job was blameless. He feared God. So, so, so Paul was he says I was blameless yeah. to the law. And look That's at the, a big statement. And look at the, the things he suffered. So, again, going to, back to the point where, you know, us as believers, we're going to suffer, but. Don't, you know, don't back down. God is with us. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in your relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.